You're listening to the Sermon Podcast from Real Life on the Palouse, reaching the world for Jesus, one person at a time. Well, hello, Real Life family. How are you guys doing? 11 o'clock service being awesome. All right. Hello to our online family. Hope you're enjoying your air-conditioned home or a tree in the backyard watching on your laptop or something cool like that. So welcome. Uh, my name is Josh Gray. I'm the lead pastor here at Real Life Lead Servant. Honored to... Uh, to be able to be that. Hey, good news. We didn't lose any of our staff members. No one. Everybody came back. I know. They all came back. Didn't, 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 uh, didn't destroy any of them. Too bad. So busy summer. Man, do you guys realize summer's like rolling to an end here? Doesn't feel like it today. They're a little warm. Um, so next week for just, if you want to do some homework next week, we're going to talk about the parable of the persistent widow. So if you want to do some homework and read up on that this next week, that's where we'll be going. And then after that, uh, after our series is done this, this summer, uh, I'm excited to be diving into a series about values and culture. Values and culture. And what we see, uh, that God values and how it fits in and how our, how our lives, how our culture is fitting around what God value, what God values, not how we're fitting God around what we value. And so putting Him in first position, I'm excited about, uh, that series that we're going to be doing. Um, this parable here, I kind of just have a title. It's like old. It's not really old versus new. It's old and new. And so when I think about old things, I was thinking about like, what are some of the old things that I have around some things that have been around with me for a long time? So I would like to introduce you to something that's been around with me for a long time. This right here is called Steve. Uh, Steve is a 1997 Honda Accord. Uh, he's got 287,000 miles on him. Uh, we purchased Steve in ni- 1999. So that was before all of my children were born except Tori, my oldest, who's 22. So this car has been part of the family longer than my kids, most of my kids. Uh, this car has had a 14-foot, or no, probably about a 12-foot Christmas tree stuck out of the back of his trunk. Um, this car has seen some better days. It's been through places that it should have never had the right to go through as it helped provide an income for my family and I and drove all over North Idaho uh, working in the insurance industry. I was in some snowstorms that I wouldn't even take my truck into now. And this guy was pushing six, eight inches of snow with his front bumper, uh, making his way through there. Um, He's got some mileage on him, not just in the engine, but uh, all around the body. When I take it to the Jiffy Lube place, they'll come up and they'll be like, excessive engine leaks everywhere, is what they tell me about Steve. Um, Steve's got some worn hubcaps. He's met a lot of curbs in his, in his recent years with my kids driving him. Um, He's, he's been a faithful family member. He's been to Boise for the last three or four years, and my daughter got a new car. Um, what a generous guy I was. I'm like, oh, you're going to Boise? You're going to go down there? Why don't you, why don't you, I'll, I'll let you use Steve down there, which is kind of a gift and kind of not. So Steve made it down there. We were really concerned about Steve making it back. Never left me stranded. Steve made it all the way back after four years in Boise and a new radiator and different things. So he's been beat up. Steve is old, but he never left me stranded. He still has value. Uh, his voice is getting a little older and growlier as the muffler is basically gone. Um, but he's still part of the family. 
And so as I think about like this parable and we're talking about old and new and what does it mean? And a lot of times that I've heard it been taught is like, yes, we have to discard this old stuff because the old doesn't have any value anymore. Um, and you got something new, like something new and better. And we just discard things. And I don't see that that's what Jesus was talking about here, uh, in this text. And so let's, let's dive in and, up front, who's Jesus talking to? He's talking to John's disciples. They're asking him questions. And so uh, then John's disciples came and asked him, how is it that we and the perishim fast often, but your disciples do not fast? And so this is, if you look at the, at the, at the context of this, this is like Jesus is just starting to really make the Pharisees mad. They're starting to take notice of him. And so uh, Jesus answered, how can the guest of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, foretelling his crucifixion. And then they will fast and they will mourn. So if you know anything about Jewish culture, uh, celebrations, ceremonies are awesome. Weddings are like gigantic. You break the, bank, break the bank in a mighty, mighty way. This party could go on for, the parties went on for days and days and days and days. Like you imagine just like, oh, oh, you're, oh, we're having a wedding here with the Royces. Okay, great. I'm going to take the next 10 days off because it's going to be a party like forever. And then Peter's just spending his entire inheritance and life fortune on, on weddings. It looks like he's going to anyway. Um, and so, uh, but can you just imagine, like, it's just this big, this big thing. So, of course, you wouldn't mourn. Of course, you wouldn't do that when you're with the bridegroom. It's a time for a celebration. But then Jesus goes on to say, no one sews a patch of unstruck, unshrunk cloth on an old garment. For the patch will pull away from that garment, making the tear worse. Neither do people pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do so, the skins will burst, and the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. So what is this new wine that Jesus wants to talk about? What about this new wine? What about, isn't the old stuff matter still? Well, sure it matters, but let's talk about this new wine. Who is this Jesus, by the way, as we go back and if you just scroll back in your Bibles and look at the previous, uh, pieces of the chapter here, this, this Jesus, you know what he did? He actually forgave sins. Now, in that culture, you know who, who could forgive sins? God. And so, Who do you think you are to forgive sins? Aha. Ding, ding, Johnny. We have the correct answer. He is claiming to be God, right? And in verse, in chapter nine, uh, verse 12, he says, uh, uh, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But, but go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I have come to call the right, uh, not to call the righteous, but the sinners. So Jesus, it's starting to get on their bad side. And you know what else Jesus starts doing? He's actually working with a tax collector. I mean, next thing you know, he's going to be talking to some Samaritans. 
You know what he did? Did you guys hear about when he went with that Roman centurion? That guy asked him to heal his servant. You know the centurion, the Romans who butcher us? The Romans who killed your, 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 your brother and your sister and your mom and your dad? That guy? And he goes and he heals. He actually helps those people out. What is he trying to butcher us? And then he's sitting there and he's, he's eating with these sinners. And not the sinners the way that we think of sinners, but the sinner sinners. Those people. The those people in life. You know how we all have those people? And if you don't have those people, you are one of those people? So what is this Jesus doing? What is he talking about? What is this new wine? Well, this new wine is, is somebody who would, who would forgive sins. This new wine is somebody who would work with the unworkable. Things are about to go sideways with the religious elite at this point, And they're getting more and more skeptical of our Lord. See, the kingdom of heaven is here. And it's not just for the religious elite. This new wine, who's it for? Is it for the sinners, prostitutes, and lepers, the drug users and spouse abusers, the gamblers, the codependents, the controllers, the money chasers, the straight folks, the gay folks, the lesbian folks, the white folks, the black folks, the yellow, brown, male, female, old, young. People who have been Christians for a long time, people who are just now becoming Christians are late to the party, but you're still invited. You see, you have a redeemer. That's the new wine. The new wine isn't about what you were born into if you're part of a Levitical line, if you're part of a, if you, if you got picked, this new wine is for everyone else. The old wine's not bad. Old wine's not wrong. But how many of us in here are Jewish? Not any of us, right? And so we needed a chance to have some new wine. We needed a Redeemer. So take a look at those wineskins. See, the wineskins, if we want to go scientifically on these things, so they're made out of animal skins, right? Because they didn't have beautiful plastic like we have or beautiful boxed wine that I've heard exist in stores before with plastic innards, and then you could, like, blow into it to get the last drop out of it. I just heard this. I've never witnessed this, probably. That's a lie. I'm a sinner. No, they have wine skins. It's made out of animal skins. And so these animal skins, um, they're, they're not going to just discard things. Can you imagine that's what we're going to drink out of uh, here in a minute if we just passed around some wine, animal skins that we drank out of? But what would happen is if you put the new wine into these old wine skins, the new wine needs to ferment. And when it ferments, it expands and there's gases that goes, and it would ferment and it could explode these wine skins because these wine skins have already been stretched out. 
They've already been stretched to their capacity. They've already had this experience. Does anybody have any leather furniture in here? And you get like that new piece of leather furniture and you're like, I got to work this in. Like it's kind of like an old baseball mitt. Like it's not ready for you yet. You're going to want to work it in a little bit till it gets comfortable in all of those things. And so you've seen people with baseball mitts and they wrap oil around them and put the ball in there and drive them in their car and do all kinds of crazy things to get that thing comfortable, right? Get it stretched out a little bit. And so if you put new wine into these wineskins, it would make these old wineskins, uh, they would destroy them. And Jesus didn't come actually to destroy what had already been happening. He actually, on the contrary, he came to fulfill it. You go back to chapter 5 in Matthew, the fulfillment of the law. He says, uh, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I haven't come to throw away your old wineskins. Those have value. They may not hold wine anymore, but they are still useful. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly, I tell you, when you see in the text, you see somebody say, for truly, I tell you, they are, they are coming to make a point. They're coming to, to throw down on this point. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the perishim and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. So just four short uh, chapters before he's talking about, I didn't come to get rid of these old wineskins. I didn't come to get rid of what was there, but there is a need for something new. And I think about it in our own life. You know, I think about our, our staff and our team, and I think about our church. Uh, we are entering into a new season. There's new things that are happening. One of the, the big purposes of our staff retreat, uh, yes, we talked about vision but and, and, and pieces of the puzzle, but really it was for us to grow together as a family. I wanted to know if we're really family. If we really have community. On one of our projects that we did uh, on the day that was less taxing for me, which should have been more taxing, uh, is we had four uh, 50, I think it's 50-gallon barrels, maybe 55-gallon plastic barrels, for each team. So each team got four of those. I split the staff up into two teams. And they got 150 feet of rope. And then what our, uh, our Idaho ice guy uh, gave us 14 empty five-gallon water barrels. And then we got a, for each team. And then we had a roll of duct tape. Praise the Lord, right? Got a roll of duct tape. And then we had six boards. And on our boards... We had some values that we're working on as a team, as a, as, as a, as a staff that we want to model to the body. And those values are family, that we're family. What does it mean to be family? To be a member, you don't throw out the old family, but we have room for new family. So to be family, to be, to have ownership, ownership of our faith, ownership of our church. Ownership of, of how we want to show people who, who God is in our community. We want to empower you. We want to empower each other, and we want to empower you to be everything that God has created you to be for his kingdom and for his purposes.
and we want to be all about the kingdom here. What does it look like for real life to serve in the kingdom? Real life, how's the water? How is the water? For some of you, you're like, I don't know what you're talking about, dude. You missed last week's sermon. How's the water? You're going to want to go hear that sermon. How are we doing? What does it look like for us to respect the old wineskins but be okay with the new? And so as we're putting these rafts together, the goal was to, you had 45 minutes to put your rafts together, and the first one to this point, two and a half miles down the river, wins. And it was interesting to watch how each one of the teams uh, handled their, their task and who got delegated what and how they came, uh, came about. So I was an observer, and Emmy was an observer because we've done this trip before. And uh, the, other, the, the second place team, which was Emmy's team, the second place team, they had a beautiful raft. It was put together well. They even had three people riding on it, and it stayed together all the way down the river. And so they came in second place. They took their great time for doing that. And then the first place team, our raft exploded as we lifted it off the sand. But we were able to keep all the barrels and all the people connected to it as we floated down the river and got there first. <laughs> but you see, it was new to us, but we did it as a family. We took ownership of our mess, our messy raft. You take ownership of your personal life. If any mess you have in your own personal life, you take ownership of your relationship with your kids. You take ownership of your relationship and how you're involved in the church. You choose to empower people. You empower, you, you become empowered and you empower other people to fulfill what God's got planned for them in the kingdom. And I got to tell you, he's got more planned for us than worrying about whatever the news has to say for us. He's got more planned for us when we get to hear him, when we choose to be molded by him. I was talking to a brother this week. We were blessing a house this last weekend, and I was talking to one of my brothers, and he was like, I'm just off, felt off, kind of felt disconnected, which many of folks have felt disconnected. I'm sure many of you online feel disconnected. Um, if you're healthy and willing and ready, we got room for you. Come on back. It is different in the building, uh, worshiping together. Um, I know people appreciate my good singing uh, very loudly. Um, but uh, to come back and to, and to be there as family and do things together and to be okay, to empower each other, to encourage each other, to be about the kingdom, to be about what happens outside of there, that's the kind of church we're going to be. And so when you think about these wineskins, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions as we prepare for communion. What wineskins are you viewing your life through? Are you holding on to the old and to the, I can't wait till it gets, it gets back to the way it used to be? What if it doesn't? What if we're working through a new normal? 
Are we okay with that? Can we accept the newness? You know, that with my brothers, as we were talking about, you know, being on fire and not being on fire for God, I picture this, I picture this, uh, this, the God is the, is the, is the potter and we're the clay, right? You've heard this before and we're being molded and he's working out different imperfections in my life and those things. And there's times, time as a clay where I just collapse in and I fold over and I say, get away from me, God. Stop molding me. Stop changing me. Stop making me. Just let me sit here and spin. For any of you who have done pottery classes, that's, that's just sitting there, a big pile of something not willing to be molded, not willing to dive in to the new wine that God would have for you today. And so I just challenge us, what does it look like in real life to be new wine? We are positioning ourselves to be available as community is needed more than ever before now. Have you completely thrown out your old wineskins? Does the old have to be discarded to enjoy the new, and I would say no. No. No, there's still a lot of things that we can think about within our old wineskins. The things, songs that, you, that when you accepted the Lord, the songs that you sung, those still matter. And the new songs that we sing and how people are being changed and formed and molded by God, like that new stuff matters. You think about wineskins, they get stretched. Are you done stretching? Or does God still have room in your life to stretch you? To move you? To be molded? To expand the family of God? To empower the people that aren't even here yet as you walk with them? help them have ownership of their faith, have ownership of their text. Do you have ownership of your text? What are you allowing in? What's important right now? And then what about those people? You know, those people that have a different mass theology than you do. Those people who are going to vote differently than you do. Those people who look differently than you do. Those people? Do you have any of those people in your life? Because Jesus did. And he gave his life for those people too. And for you and me, he gave his life for the old wineskins. He gave his life for the new wineskins. And so as a church, where are we at? How's the water? Are we coming alongside? Are we looking Are we trying to see people through the eyes of our Redeemer? Let's take this time and go to communion. So on the night he was betrayed, he took the bread, and when given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Do we remember him? Do we remember who he is? Do we remember the old wine and the new wine? And are we willing to be shaped by him? Let's take this. And this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, 
You proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again and he's coming. Let's proclaim him. You know, I asked uh, Greg on Thursday, I'm like, hey, you know what song I would love to have at the end of the service? Um, and, and he said, what? No. Uh, I said, I have uh, the song called I've Been Redeemed. It means a lot to me. Maybe you're like Steve, like my car. Maybe you've got some rock chips all over you. Maybe your faith has been beaten and battered a little bit. Maybe you've had things dropped on you and crushed. Maybe your maybe your faith maybe it's uh its paint is a little faded. Maybe you got some bumper stickers that you haven't been able to scrape completely off of you. I've got good news. I've got really good news is that we have a redeemer. And you've been redeemed. Are you going to choose to accept that redemption? And are you going to choose to introduce other people to the Redeemer? Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life. You can find out more about us by visiting liferotp.com and connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, have a great week.